you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good morning, football. We are live in New York City. It is Thursday, June 29th. I'm Sarah Walsh alongside Tom Pelissero, Mike Garofolo, and our Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara, who pointed out I'm starting to show off in Giants blue. Yeah, you're rocking that giant blue. Rocking it well. Which is my favorite color, and also that's where we're starting, too, I think, today. That's right. Yeah, that is where we're starting eventually, but uh, we're going to start on a different sport. We're going to start on golf, uh, Sarah, because... uh, you created quite the stir uh, in many households and also on the interwebs when talking about golf oh, yesterday. Uh, we be talking. And that is the PGA <laughs> Tour, um, which chimed in on this one saying that, uh, you know, I ain't watching all that. This is a meme on Twitter. Yes. Meaning like, if it's a long thing, I'm just not interested in it. So whatever you, yeah, fine. Here's my reaction. Just plug in whichever. They're probably sorry that happened, actually. They would be in that category, I'm guessing. That, yeah, that was more like they're upset with what you had to say yes. because they're supportive of golf. Certainly. So, um, listen, even I saw the Barstool link pop up and I thought, oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be quite vicious in there. Even they were like, guys, she's got us licked. We just got to sit here and take it. There's no lies told in in your uh, diatribe yesterday. So take your take your victory. Here's the thing. Everyone that I heard from and it was a lot of people and some people are diehard golf fans, which is what happens in my own household. And that's why I went on this rant about the length of time guys say that it takes to play golf as opposed to the time it actually takes. And so even the people that are anti what I had to say, they were like, you're right. But maybe the funniest response I got, I have one girlfriend who golfs a lot and she says, I'm not sorry. I'm not apologizing. And then it said dot, dot, dot. And she goes, but also is this why I'm single? Which I thought <laughs> was like pretty funny. Although guys, uh, I have a girlfriend out there, Lindsay Rutledge, who's single and loves to golf. She will never complain about uh, all the time you spend golfing. All right. That's great. I would love for, for her to comment on your video and your diatribe uh, publicly. I know for everybody that's watching the show right now, if in case you didn't see what, what transpired yesterday, Sarah definitely should take a bow for 
uh, her rant about golf. Definitely go on uh, your social media pages. You can go on GFFP on the social platform and watch that video. I think it's already over a million views. So uh, you definitely should take a bow. 1.7. Who's counting, though? It literally just stemmed from the conversations these guys were having about their golf plans for the week. It was very organic. Jess still hasn't seen it, so please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot of guys that were were saying, like, I can't have my wife watch this. I got a text from one uh, NFL offensive coordinator who shall remain nameless saying, I don't know her. But I feel like the Sarah Walsh forward was a targeted personal attack. Yes. It needs to be deleted from the Internet. Because yeah. this is the time of year. If you're an NFL coach, you don't get a lot of opportunities. You can get out on the uh, on the golf course. Yes. You know what? Maybe I was it. just trying to help you guys. That was the ultimate thing. I was trying to help mm-hmm. you guys set realistic expectations. <laughs> yeah. but you, what's lost in all this is the crux was just overstate how long it's going to take so that when you walk back in the door, your significant other is pleasantly surprised and and they see you in nine hours, honey. You're you're under the time allotment. I I think it's very well explained and I think that just coming from experience, if anything, this is a victory because you were allowed to vent. Sometimes that's all that needs to take place. Just let the vent happen, embrace it, and then move on and then everybody negotiates terms accordingly. I think there are a lot of significant others that... Felt like they well were heard yesterday, you know? Now let's hurry up this day, Bob. I got a tea time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It is time now for the lead, lead block. block. Lead block. Let's start with Sean's Giants. They ended a five-year postseason drought last season. They got their first playoff win in over a decade. So their newly extended quarterback has a right to feel good about his team. Daniel Jones told the New York Post this week, we feel like we made progress last year and took a step. But what we do from this point on, you start over. It's about what you do now. We are confident, and we know that we can compete with anyone. You'll love to hear it out of Danny Dimes. But, Sean, here we go. Are the Giants really built right now to compete with anybody in the NFC? Yeah, I think they can compete with anybody. And we saw that week one right out of the gate on the road against Tennessee Titans. They win a game that nobody thought they, they would have a chance to win. And then the way they finished the season at home against the Indianapolis Colts, they had to win that game to get in. And Daniel Jones put the team on his back. Uh, rushed for two touchdowns, threw for two touchdowns, and then they won a playoff game. So, yeah, I mean, this team is, is, was way more competitive than anybody thought they would be last year. I think this year, even more so, not just because you look at their roster and say, wow, they are built to win the division. Like, they are not the sexiest team on paper. They are not filled with a lot of, you know, glamorous players and star players. They, I mean, they have maybe two pro bowlers from, from last year. So they're not going to win that beauty pageant from a roster standpoint. But the belief and the culture that Brian Dable, coach of the year, I might add, has brought to that team in that locker room, they feel like they can compete with anybody. And here's the one reason why they don't turn the ball over. When Brian Dable was hired to be the coach of the New York Giants, it was to fix the offense and to help Daniel Jones put his best foot forward and it was taking care of the football and and this is something that I think has flown under the radar a little bit Daniel Jones last season threw five interceptions he had the lowest interception rate of all quarterbacks in the NFL last year that's pretty impressive when you think about what he did now look they were not a pass heavy offense but Daniel Jones fixed the one thing that everybody was holding against him in the turnovers and I think when you look at, at, at the way that he was able to take over some games, they, they, they definitely need some more explosive plays on offense. It can't just be Daniel Jones, Dinkin and Duncan, and it can't just be Saquon Barkley. So that's what they're trying to compete with. But the one thing that I will say is they've, they've added some talent right here. This is Darren Waller right here. Huge red zone targets, 19 touchdowns in the last couple of years. 17 of them were in the red zone. So that will be a huge impact. And then Jalen Hyatt, 
kind of flew under the radar in the draft, slipped a little bit, according to some people. This guy is a straight burner. He's got deep threat potential uh, anytime he touches the football. He's in the slot. He's going to be attacking defense. So they added some players that could create some space, some speed, maybe even a missed tackle, which we haven't seen in a long time uh, from one of the wide receiver groups. So that will be huge. But while I'm talking about how they can compete, like I think back to the Philadelphia Eagles game at home, the very first one, and it was 21 to nothing halfway through the first quarter, and I'm like, okay, that's the best team in the NFC right now. Like they have to find a way to compete with Philly if they want to consider themselves one of the top dogs in the division. Well, may I, may I jump in here? Sorry, Tom. I, I, I know you have a, a point. I think Sean said everything right there. But I want to take off on that because that was the point of this offseason and that was the point of a lot of the moves that they made because they weren't going to beat that Eagles team. They weren't going to beat the Chiefs. That team last year was not going to win the Super Bowl, and they knew that. It was a new regime. It was Joe Shane, the new general manager, taking over a team that he hadn't started to build yet. And so Brian Dable winning coach of the year and Daniel Jones doing what he did was because – they knew what they were working with, and they had to play to those strengths. But that Eagles game that you're talking about, the playoff game as well, and any team that you knew was going to hang 28 to 30 points, yeah. you knew they weren't going to be able to compete. So now these additions, whether it's Waller or Hyatt or Paris Campbell, are now making them more explosive. So that in a game like this, it's not just about, well, can we possibly somehow potentially hold them to 20 points and then make no mistakes of our own. No, now it's going into this game. We feel we have the pieces, the explosion on offense to have our best defense be an offense that jumps out from the gate and all of a sudden we're the ones who are up 21-0. So that's what they're trying and starting to build there. And that's what I'm excited to see with this team because now Daniel Jones, can he uh, lean into that part? Can he make this offense more explosive, but keep that interception number down? That, to me, is the storyline for the Giants this year. It's important to remember, Joe Shane and his staff are in year two there. Realistically, any NFL roster, if you're taking over a roster that was kind of in the state that the Giants was, it's going to take time. So, yes, they've upgraded the roster both through the draft. The trade for Darren Waller, if he's healthy, is going to be huge. That's what we usually think of in terms of built to compete, which is the personnel. Are your guys better than everybody else's? Well, last year, on paper, to your point, Mike, in a lot of games, they weren't. Yet they would go in, and they'd find a way, and sometimes it wasn't pretty football, and it was Daniel Jones running as much as he was passing. You figured it out. A lot of this also boils down to who do you have leading this thing? Who are the coaches who are leading you forward? Brian Dable, as you mentioned, Sean, the coach of the year. It's also his coordinators. Mike Kafka had a bunch of offense, you know, a bunch of head coaching interviews after last season. He's going to be a head coach here eventually. And Wink Martindale, who had one head coaching interview last year uh, with the Colts, is one of the longtime best guys on his side of the ball. When you have creativity in your coaching and you're willing to be adaptable, that can go a long way. It's a lot like, you know, Dable coached with the Patriots. Bill Belichick's philosophy has always been play to the strengths of people, cover up their weaknesses, be adaptable in game plans week in and week out. You saw that last year, and even though there weren't a lot of style points in some of those wins, they found a way to win a lot of games, including a playoff game in Dave's first season. I want to talk about something that sets up, I think, really nicely for the Giants, because a year ago, over the summer, you're sitting at this table, and we would talk about the state of the Giants, and and is Daniel Jones going to be back? Is Saquon going to be back? How's this Dayball thing going to work out? And and there weren't huge expectations. There were just these huge question marks. And then they have a really nice run last season. Daniel Jones answers questions. This team gets into the postseason. And typically in New York, when something like that happens, it would mean that these expectations go through the roof. We go out of control, and you're like, are the Giants going to win a Super Bowl? 
I think maybe the best thing that happened to the Giants is that the guy that signed with the other New York team in terms of Aaron Rodgers, because all we have done this entire offseason is talk about the other New York team and Aaron Rodgers going there. And I think that is a great thing for the Giants because it lets them sort of sit back, be under the radar. Like, that's where you want to be. I mean, you don't you don't want all these things out of control. And I know that these teams are always going to say we're going to handle things internally. And Daniel Jones, as we know, is a guy that doesn't get high or low, and, and that's the positive they say about him he's the same guy no matter what but it has to be really nice for this Giants team I would think overall to sort of sit back let all that attention be on Aaron Rodgers and you know what whatever happens week one it is going to get blown out on the side of the Jets thing and that is going to be Aaron Rodgers debut is going to be let the Giants sort of slide in under the radar and by the way that doesn't take away from the fact that yeah they still have to compete with Philly they still have to do all those other things but I just think overall it sets up really nicely for them and it has set up this entire offseason very nicely that they're not the team that has these expectations because I think if if the Rodgers thing hadn't happened I think you know we tend to blow things out in New York and that has continued to happen it's just happened with the other team and Sean you can probably speak to that better than anybody when these outsized expectations whether they're good expectations bad expectations it has to be kind of nice that you're not dealing with that right now yeah it's always nice when they're talking about the other team or you know it's like two brothers like if the other brother's always getting in trouble like you're you're the good son right you, you get to kind of fly under that radar I think I was talking to Brian Dable after he won that award or whatever. And he's like, I'm so sick and tired of this stuff. I, I, like, he got the award. He put it back. He's like, that year's behind us. Like, they don't even want to talk about it. Um, and I think for them, you mentioned the coordinators. The fact that, like, Mike Kafka coming into year, year two, last year was his first year being an offensive coordinator. That relationship with Daniel Jones is huge. I remember Eli Manning, his rookie year, um, you know, his first year with that offense, and then going into year two, how much more tailored and streamlined it was for here's what I like, here's how I see things. So I think Mike Kafka has a great uh, relationship with, with uh, Daniel Jones, um, and, and, and I think when you look at that aspect of it, there's going to be a lot of growth. And frankly, when you look at the receiving core that Daniel Jones had last year, I mean, his best receiver, Isaiah Hodges, was was on the practice squad for the Buffalo Bills, and that kind of became his go-to guy because they were they were just mangled with injuries to Sterling Shepard and Wanda Robinson. So Hodges was good. Yeah, Hodges was he's excellent. Really he still is good, and he's going to be one of his guys. But just the fact that he's got a full spring now uh, to to kind of work with those guys through in year two of that offense. Now, all of a sudden, you are really attacking defenses. You're not just trying to figure out, hey, where do I line up? Um, their next level thing. Yeah, the guy with the hat who's jumping around and clapping there uh, is his quarterback's coach as well, Shea Tierney, who interviewed with the Buccaneers for their offensive coordinator spot. So he kept not only his offensive coordinator, uh, but also his quarterback's coach uh, and his head coach, obviously. So John Mara last year saying, we've done everything we possibly can to screw this kid up. <laughs> Daniel Jones. We're now going to have some consistency. Finally got some consistency here, so let's see if that leads to improved play on the field. That's the point of the contract. Everybody, oh, they gave this guy $40 million for what he's done. Contract extensions are not for what you've done. It's for what the team expects from you going forward, so they're expecting another step from Daniel Jones here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Handoff, Dalvin, room to the left side. He scoots by a bill at the 25. And is loose! Touchdown! Handoff, Dalvin, shakes the tackle left side. Now he runs through a Packer at the 28. Goes to the left side, bounces off Blackson. Now outside the numbers, the room left side. There he, he goes! to the right, he gets to the 30. Dalvin, 20, and is loose! Touchdown! The search for a new team continues for free agent running back Dalvin Cook. Rumors and recruitments have been flooding Twitter, which prompted this tweet from Dalvin Cook's account that read, quote, I declined a visit, just so you know. Now, it's unclear which team was being referred to in that tweet, but we've got an insider at our breakfast table, so we're going to open it up to Tom P. Tom P., explain that. What are we looking at? We have no idea. And then we love reading into tweets and coming up with answers that we really don't it, have it any shows the, reason to. It shows that Delvin Cook has options. He doesn't need to jump at the first thing. Quite frankly, based upon how productive he is coming off four 1,000-yard seasons, four Pro Bowls, he's not a, a guy who necessarily needs to take visits. Now, there's some free agents like DeAndre Hopkins who just make a philosophical choice. Hey, I want to go in. I want to get a feel for the people, the communication, the culture. For Dalvin, he's got enough teams that are interested that he can kind of sit back right now, wait for the best fit and the best offer. So my understanding is Dalvin Cook is going to stay patient through this process. I don't 100% know that this even gets resolved before the start of training camp. If you're a running back, this is different, Sean, as you know, than let's say you're bringing in a wide receiver. For a running back, and I'm not trying to diminish the position, but it's zone right, zone left, gap right, gap left. Like, you can figure that out pretty quick. You take some of the taxing off your body for the first couple of weeks of camp. I'm not saying that's what Dalvin's going to do here, but, you know, eventually he'll have to take a visit because he did have his shoulder repaired. Any team signing him to the type of significant contract I expect he's going to command is going to want to have their doctor check out the shoulder. Everything I've been told is the shoulder is finally after the surgery stable. He's feeling better than he has in a long, long time. He told me last week it really did impact the way that he played, not just in terms of taking on contact, but also even how he'd have to fall, how he'd have to go to the ground. And we saw a few times where that shoulder would sublux and he'd lose the football. Now that that's stable again, 
you might get the best Dalvin Cook that we've seen in quite some time. All that being said, declining the visit, does it actually matter? I wouldn't say so other than the fact that it shows it's not that, like there's one team interested. He's got to jump at that. There's a bunch of teams that are interested here, and he's going to let it play out. Yeah, it's a different world right now for the NFL players because there is no rush to get to training camp because a lot of times you're not doing any physical actually practices uh, until a weekend. There's an acclimatization period. Uh, as you mentioned for Dalvin, he knows offenses. like He knows concepts. He understands that the pass protection and the language and the verbiage is the one thing that he's just going to have to get comfortable with. But I think for Dalvin, too, you mentioned the shoulder. Anytime you're coming off of a, a surgery and, and you're, you're rehabbing, two weeks can be a huge difference. So if he knows he has to go take a visit and he knows he's going to get poked in Prada and they're going to try to look for something, look for a reason not to sign him or look for a reason to give him some uh, injury protections in the contract, hey, two weeks to let my shoulder get stronger is not a bad thing as a player. And uh, I, I look at the Dalvin Cook still, the fact that he doesn't have a team right now is just that he's – this is by his choice because I'm sure he's got offers. And I'm sure he's just sitting there saying, you know, I'm gonna, I got to figure this thing out. But I'm also, this is vacation mode too because once you get going to the season, that's it. There's no stopping. There's no turning back. There's no taking time off. So take your time, Dalvin. Uh, some team is gonna be very fortunate and they're gonna, they're gonna end up getting a stud because Dalvin Cook still has a lot of tread on those tires, and you can see him right there. Look, he, he can drive your offense. He can be the focus of your offense. Yeah, so Dalvin Cook's situation still in limbo. One thing that is happening right now, though, is the chemistry that is building in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson was in Florida working out with rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers this week, getting ready for the upcoming season. The Ravens are a team that we haven't spent a lot of time on this offseason, except for when we were talking about when's Lamar going to sign, what's Lamar going to do. And then once we knew Lamar was coming back, we've sort of stopped talking about them as much. So do you think that they're being slept on in the AFC right now? I never know what those terms mean. Like, are we sleeping? Are we taking we a nap on enough. people? I know. This is just classic. Like, I, I love it. You know, I love the NFL. But we are in that mode where it's like we've talked about these things a yeah. hundred times. We've talked about everything. Nothing has been slept on. The show is still on the air in June. Everything is out there. It has been on the table. But I will say this about the Ravens here. So much of the focus was on Lamar early in the offseason. There probably hasn't been as much focus on all the Ravens have done to surround him with different parts in a new offense. It starts with hiring Todd Munkin to uh, take over for Greg Roman, running that scheme. You would anticipate, as much as Lamar says, well, it's going to be a lot more pass, a lot less running, I would say more balanced is probably going to be uh, a more logical way to state it. And that's been evidenced by the fact that for all the resources they put into the tight end position through the years and maybe the one-trick vertical speed receivers, they went out and they got Odell Beckham Jr. And they went out and they got Zay Flowers, who's a really versatile type of a piece. Signed Laquan Treadwell, another former first-round draft pick. They've given a bunch of guys around him. He's the entire Boston College offense. They're going to have a lot of fun (laughs) integrating him in here. You're just trying to look for weapons. they got to figure out the J.K. Dobbins situation. He didn't participate in minicamp. We'll see where that thing goes. But in terms of putting people around Lamar to help him out in the passing game in an offense where maybe there's going to be more throws outside the numbers, more different types of, of uh, concepts in terms of the routes, they've done what they can to try to give him the opportunity to have success doing those things. Yeah, that's one of the one thing that everybody would talk about, whether it was Lamar, was can he attack the outside of the numbers? And Mark Andrews was his leading receiver all the time because he saw the middle of the field so much better. And no doubt about it, Zay Flowers and OBJ, those, those are two guys that are going to absolutely give an impact to that aspect. Um, I think Odell Beckham, I'm really curious to see 
you know, what, what he brings to this offense. And I think when the one thing that I remember everybody talking about OBJ when he was with the Giants was, man, this guy practices so hard. And I think that, you know, just him in practice going against, you know, Marlon Humphrey and going against that defensive practice, it's going to make that team a heck of a lot better. So uh, I'm curious to see what that impact is. But, look, Lamar Jackson, this is, this is huge for him. To have a new offensive coordinator, to have a chance to go out there and, and just kind of do things a little bit different. It's, uh, are we sleeping on them? No, I don't think we are. I think everybody still considers Baltimore a really good team, really tough team. Like They are a tough out. Nobody wants to face that offense and have to find a way to game plan around slowing down Lamar Jackson when it comes playoff time. Have we given him enough love, Mike? What do you got? What's the question? Welcome the, back. The question is, hey. we were trying Somebody to... Somebody was... I mean, wake up! We were trying oh, sleep to, your house. to we're sleeping on work Baltimore. around the fact that Mike got I'm up a, off I'm the table. I'm going to answer this question first. Are the police at my house? Yes, the police are at my house. If you thought about <laughs> robbing my house before today, <laughs> let the record show that my alarm system works, and it works so well that I couldn't even diffuse it before the cops were on the way. Uh, we have someone doing work at the house. We've told him repeatedly, don't go in the house before telling us we got to turn the alarm off. He didn't tell us. Mike G lives life with no filter. They were trying to call me in the A block. Didn't answer the phone. This is like a live-action Yelp review (laughs) right here. I would like to thank uh, New Jersey's finest for reporting to the scene uh, for absolutely nothing. I'm sorry for wasting your time. I owe you guys lunch or something like that. Um, are we sleeping on the Ravens? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit. I, well, there's, you know, Odell Beckham is being added there. Lamar Jackson with the contract stuff. I thought with all this hot button stuff, changing offensive coordinator, I figured they were going to be such a topic this spring, and they really don't feel like they have been that much, which I think is great. It's fine. You know, once the Lamar contract was done, that kind of went away. I mean, this is a guy that we were talking about routinely, and then all of a sudden after – what was it, draft day when he did that that contract deal? Or uh, round yep. one after that? I feel like we haven't talked about him at all. So, yeah, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, but they're going to be uh, – we're seeing these plays down the field, by the way, because this is what we expect, right? This is what uh, Todd Munkin wants to do. This is what they want to do now, having added uh, to the offense the way that they have. Uh, I think they're going to be a really interesting team. And I'm not one of these guys that says Lamar – can't throw down the field. He showed us repeatedly that he can do it. Now, there are defensive coordinators who say, I'm still going to crowd the middle of the field. I'm going to make them throw out there, and I'm going to make them throw up the field out there. So let's see now that they're more uh, equipped to do that from a personnel standpoint uh, if they can do it routinely. I'm, 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 I'm interested in watching the Ravens this year. I'm, I'm with Mike because I think when that Lamar, where's he going to sign situation was going on, every day we were talking and showing teams, like, if, if, if the Falcons just got Lamar Jackson, what would it do? I mean – and it was like, how is this guy, how, how is he not getting call, fielding calls left and right? And then as soon as he signed, I feel like it just goes back to Patrick Mahomes, uh, deservedly so, like they're running the AFC. But then Bills, Josh Allen, the Dolphins, the Jets, it's been everything. And I feel like it's really dropped off about Lamar Jackson. By the way, Lamar Jackson, only Patrick Mahomes, since Lamar became a starter in 2018, only Patrick Mahomes has a higher winning percentage than Lamar Jackson. Uh, he gets it done. And I feel like, yeah, I do think we're sleeping a little bit on the Ravens. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. A couple weeks back, the GMFB crew divided up both conferences into tiers, the big dogs, the teams that are hovering, the teams that are to be determined, and then, of course, the teams that could shock the world. Let's take a look at how the AFC was broken down. It is time now for the Lee Block. block. I'm going to slide this Kansas City Chiefs hat right on over to my buddy uh, with the big dog sign. This could be the only team under the big dogs. We don't know. know. We're so used to them being a big dog, possibly hovering. But they just go together to be determined. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen. Two straight years in the playoffs. Two years ago, they beat the Chiefs. Yes. This year, unbelievably close. Strange things at the end of the game. I'm comfortable with this. Yes. I think the Bengals belong yes. in big yeah. dogs. If Hover- these guys are in, I think you put the Jaguars in. Hovering? Yeah. Yes. Hovering, Hovering for the Ravens. Yes. Hovering's Hover- getting crowded, guys. This is actually a very easy one. Um, this this is this is hovering, guys. This is not this is not big dogs. This is hovering. Shock the world. Raiders, Texans, Colts. The Broncos. They need Lenny to shock the world. That's what they need. I love that. Lenny in there. Here is how the AFC shook out. The Chiefs and Bengals are the only big dogs in the AFC. This is according to Jamie Kyle, Jason, and Leonard Fournette. We're going to get to the rest of the conference in a bit, but I want to just stay at the top here for a second, guys. Should the Bills be considered big dogs in the AFC because they didn't have them there? Oh, you want me to go first? Yes. Cool. Uh, I'll be the dissenting voice here. No, no. you gotta, you got to earn your way up. And you know what? Use it as motivation, right? Because we've talked about how great the Bills have been, and it's been uh, success certainly in the regular season. Uh, there were a lot of factors that Tom laid out the other day as for why the Bills did not uh, wind up in the big dog category last year in the AFC. But you know what? you got to knock those guys off. You gotta, uh, it's got to be a little give and take, and it just hasn't been – in the postseason. I understand it's been in the regular season. It just hasn't been in the postseason for this team, and that was certainly a disappointing exit. 
you could go back the year before and say, oh, 13 seconds, like it could have gone either way. Yeah, but this game could not have gone either way. I mean, this game uh, that we just saw before that, the Bengals game, uh, that was a resounding defeat. So I'll say no. And you know what, Buffalo? I'm not hating. Just use that as the carrot this upcoming season to say that's where we want to be. We want to be barking with the big dogs. Six and one at the end of last October. Beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. In my mind, they should be in the big dog category because year in and year out, they give themselves the opportunity. Scott Pioli said it with us the other day. As a GM, as somebody building a team, you want to be relevant year in and year out because there is some luck to it. There are the, are you going to catch the right injuries? Are you going to catch teams at the right time? Being it every year. They're one of the teams you don't want to face when they were fully healthy last year, when they didn't have a variety of different disasters going on. They were really, really good. In my mind, they should be up a tier. I'd probably bump up one team in each of these tiers to make room for them. I'd put the Bills up there at the top. But really, the Chiefs, if you're into anything, move the Chiefs even above big dogs. It's just the champions yeah. with the MVP, the team you're going to have to knock off every year. Put the Bills and Bengals on their own tier. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to, to remember there was a clothing line called Big Dog Clothing Line. Right? Oh, I remember they used to have all these sayings on there. If you can't run with the big dogs, yeah. stay on the porch. If, if any team fits the big dog mentality, it's the Buffalo Bills. So absolutely, they should be on the big dog list right now. Fine, you want to put the champs in their own thing? I co-sign on that. The Buffalo Bills, what team wants to go into Buffalo and face them right now? They are the big dogs. Like As everybody walks around the neighborhood, they're kind of looking like, where is that big dog? Is it clear? Is the coast clear? Like it, If the Buffalo Bills walk out into the room, everybody's kind of like, all right, who's up? Who's got them? You know how you know that they're a big dog? Because schedule makers in the NFL never miss. Guess who's playing in the very first Monday Night Football game, right? Not a team that's hovering. The, the Buffalo Bills, there we go. I, I, I mean, they've got the Monday Night Football game against the Jets, and I know there's a saying that big dogs always eat first. Well, in this case, the big dogs are eating last for a reason. Well, well I pegged you as more of a no-fear guy, though, back mm-hmm. I had I had those sunglasses and hats, too, but, yeah. the, but the shirts, when you when you are big, the yeah. no-fear stuff was a little slim. Second place is yeah. the first loser. That was a good one. I, I had that. I, I yeah, actually had Ricky that Bobby. T-shirt because I ran track. I had that T-shirt. <laughs> I was a big Salt Life person because I lived in Florida. Salt Life was a big thing. Uh, we really digress here a lot. Yeah. Especially. Yes, we do. Especially probably a big one with the Johnson. 12 teams. seconds left. You're leading the Chiefs. Spotting the Super Bowl on the line. No fear. Second Sorry, that was first um, I, I, I actually don't have anything different to say than, than Shaw. You're, you're the lone uh, dissenter on this. And, and I do agree. The, the Chiefs are in their Buffalo. own category. But again, nobody wants to play Buffalo, especially a healthy Buffalo team. And, or, and I know that we've said this year after year, they, they, they have to take the next step. But you don't think that Josh Allen uses this like each and every day when, when those losses and the, and the way that they exit. I mean, that stuff fuels you. It eats at you. Um, as much as you say, turn the page. I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, he... He doesn't need self-motivation. He's Josh Allen. He's going to go out there. And, and I think, you know, to your point about every year in and you're out, you're good. And we've talked about, like, who's a contender? Who's, a, who's legitimately a contender? Because there's only a handful of teams that honestly probably have a, a very decent shot to win the Super Bowl. Are they not contenders? In this? Of course they're contenders in this league. So, yes, I think you could move them up. And I do think the Chiefs could be in their own category. As you take a look at this whole board, though, which team looks out of place to you, Mike? Um, probably the Bron- I thought about moving the Jets up. I, I, I could make a case for that, but probably the Broncos down because I mean we're up here. Let's just use it. Uh, this shocked the world, which I don't know if that means win the division or uh, win the AFC, make the Super Bowl. Out, huh? Haven't figured it out yet. 
Other, like, forget about Russell Wilson. Like, that's its own thing at the quarterback position. But there's enough talent on this team. And now they've got a proven head coach in there in Sean Payton. I, I just, this to me is not the team that gets, you know, the one year. They're almost kind of like the Giants of last year. Like, there's enough talent there. And there's a coach that knows how to work with what they have that they should be in contention, that they should go into games and not beat themselves and force the other team to beat them, which in this league usually means you're going to win a bunch of games. I, I, I think the Denver Broncos shouldn't be in the Shock the World category. I, I'd put them in the, the TBD at the very least, perhaps even hovering. That's right. I'll pull up. I'll get up here, too, and utilize the screen here. To me, the team that belongs in at least to be determined is the Raiders. And I say that because... The way that they are constructed right now, it's a very veteran team. When you're trying to establish a culture the way that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler want to, that takes time to get the right people. So what do you do? You go out and get a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who knows how things are supposed to function in the New England style of team building and offense. You've got Devontae Adams on this team. you got Max Crosby. You've got Chandler Jones. You still have Josh Jacobs, though to be determined exactly how that entire situation plays out on the franchise. Hey, they've got star power on that roster. They're in a really hard division, obviously, because I could also make the argument the Chargers should be up in the hovering category. If they hold on to that lead in the playoffs, they're probably up there and the Jaguars are a step down. But the Raiders are the team to me that, yes, last year was a resounding disappointment on so many levels, but you don't retain those core players and bring in a veteran quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo if you're going into some type of a rebuild. They clearly anticipate they're going to make a big leap in 2023. We'll see if that happens. All right, you mentioned this team. I'm going to go with the uh, the Lightning McQueens. I think the Chargers should be up there hovering. We, we know enough about them to know that they're legitimate. All right, to be determined, what's to be determined? We know that Herbert's a beast. We know he's a stud. They just added another stud at the wide receiver position with, with Quentin Jefferson. Um, I, I think when you look at Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams and all these offensive weapons, and, and I'm not even talking about Austin Eckler, what he brings to the table. So I, this offense, there's nothing to be determined about this offense. They can rock and roll with anybody. They can hang with anybody. They can hang 35 on you in a, heart, in a hillbilly hiccup. I think when you look at what they have <laughs> dealt with, it's just this outbreak of injuries. And I feel like that's their annual pilgrimage every single year. They're decimated. But but defensively, you mean to tell me Derwin James and you mean to tell me Khalil Mack doesn't have stuff left in the tank, Joey Bosa. Uh, I mean, this team is loaded right now. So they, they are hovering, and they're, they're going to land somewhere. They're going to land, and they, you just hope they don't land on your quarterback. Where are you from? I'm, a, I'm from all over. No, you're from, you're from Central Jersey. Where Jersey. I was born in Chicago, lived in Texas. Googling lived that. in Ohio. Uh, it may have been in Texas. Mutt. I didn't know where the hillbilly hiccup I'm would have mutt. come in. It's, and, and are they faster than regular hiccups? I thought you were more diverse than that. Are they faster than regular hiccups? I need to know. I want to be in Yes. Fact. The only yeah, reference yeah. appears to be it's a song. Okay. It might also be a uh, cider. Other than that, there's no. Well, there's not drink, even an urban dictionary listing for what. When in the you world drink the cider, about. you get the hiccups. That's how it works. There. Could be that. Uh, I, I, can't sing. I do think that uh, Jamie, Kyle, Peter, Leonard Ford. I think they did a really good job because both days when we were going over this, and I was like, "Who, who are we moving around?" I, don't, I kind of agree with a lot of their stuff. So if I have to go through this and this to be determined thing, um, I get it. Here, we don't know what's happening at quarterback. Um, you would believe that Deshaun Watson has got last season underneath his feet and he's going to return to Deshaun Watson form, they would hope. Uh, the Chargers, I understand. You would believe that Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin, so he's going to restore these guys, and Kenny Pickett is only going to get better. The Patriots, to be determined, we don't know what kind of Mac we're going to get. We don't know what the Bill O'Brien offense is going to look like. But these guys, you better believe, with the hype with everything that comes with bringing a four-time MVP to your team, you better be up here and hovering because the expectations are already up here, up here with the big dogs. So 
I would think that the Jets have to go. They have to go up one, not because of what they did last year, but because when you add Aaron Rodgers to a team that had the offensive rookie of the year and all the pieces they had and the guys they brought in, they better be hovering because if they're in this category a year from now, it's going to be it's going to be not great for those guys. Still circling, power. circling. Uh, yeah, better not be. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.